0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: You know, ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. Truth is, I really can't give away that information for free all the time.
2: I thought they were asking whether they should leave their wife.
1: That too. Well, go to MyBookie. Check it out. They'll give you lines on all games you can bet any sport it's wonderful you don't need me to talk to you the Greek doesn't have to be in your ear all the time remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with and that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie trust me guys They're your best bet this season. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern Time, they will give you an additional $25 free play on any deposit over $100. You can use promo code MIZ25. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. It's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner and take advantage of this extra $25. You play, you win, you get paid. Take it from the Greek, MyBookie is the way to go. To throw it. Slam. This bug's for you, Missouri. Johnson. And he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep, near side.
0: Jay It's a foot race. 82 yards. Sam, touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett Run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day.
2: This is the Mazadcast. All right, at long last, I think we're ready to start the live Mazadcast from Columbia. So, howdy, Tiger fans. And welcome. This is the Mazadcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is Colin Anthony. What's up, Dum Dums? And Caleb DeGree. So, <laughs> we've got a football game coming up on Saturday. Missouri is going to decide whether Barry Odom is going to stay in Columbia or whether he's going to go somewhere in the Division 3 We're playing Tennessee. Fellas, what do you think about the Volunteers this week? Uh, they're a terrible, terrible football team, and uh, we should beat them handily. Mm-hmm. But Butch Jones is no longer part of that team. That's true. Him and his ter- terrible haircut uh, will no longer be able to help us on, our, on Barry Odom's journey to trying to keep his job. I've been here a on Twitter, uh, that uh, basically everybody's like pretty well convinced that Barry staying. It's just, it's a given. So there's that. The thing that bothers me is there's a lot of people online who seem to think we're going to, we've already won eight games. We've won six games. These two we got coming up are not gimmies. Tennessee, we're at Tennessee. There's 100,000 people there who hate Missouri or have never heard of Missouri. <laughs> and there's no guarantee. Keep in mind, we barely beat Vanderbilt last weekend, so these last two games are no fucking gimmies. We could easily lose them, even to Arkansas, which is one of the worst states in the country. It's actually just south and to the east of the worst state in the country. But uh, anyway, if Barry Odom does win these two games and wins a bowl game, even people who hate Barry Odom have no excuse to fire Barry Odom. Well, I, I think TJ Bo certainly would agree with you, Caleb. Thoughts? I don't have any thoughts at the moment. No. That's, that's pretty typical. Yeah. 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 So who is their coach now, Brendan? Who, Arkansas or Tennessee? <laughs> Either one. <laughs> it's not Scott Pruitt. It is Jeremy Pruitt. I make that mistake all the time. Yeah. Scott Pruitt is a corrupt politician. Jeremy Pruitt is a corrupt football coach. <laughs> so, you know, to be to be honest, Tennessee, they haven't played a lot of teams with good quarterbacks before. And the question is whether Drew Locke is going to be a good quarterback when he goes to Knoxville this weekend. Because uh, Will Greer, I think West Virginians and Floridians know who Will Greer is. Sure. He tore the hell out of Tennessee at the beginning of the season. Now, that was at the beginning of the season. But it's really the only time that they've faced, like, an elite-level deep-threat quarterback. And presumably we're going to have healthy deep threats for Drew Locke in Tennessee. So that being said, we should be able to put up a lot of points. It's... They're six-point favorites for some reason. I mean, that gives me a little hope that Vegas would choose Missouri to win by six points, but this is the same Vegas who chose Missouri to beat Vanderbilt by 17 points last weekend when we snuck out a five-point win. Yeah, the uh, optimism for Missouri, I think it's easy to fall in love with Missouri. I mean, at times their offense plays great, but at the end of the day, we have uh, shown a propensity for being able to shit down both legs with extreme efficiency. Anyway, Tennessee sucks, basically. But I'm not sure. It's so sure that we don't suck, I guess is my point. Um, Drew Locke is such an enigma and so frustrating because, you know, when I watched him play against Florida, I was so convinced that this was his turning point. And then he goes into Vanderbilt and is just it's Drew Locke all over again. And I, I think I said it in our last show, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that everybody choosing Drew Locke to be the chosen one, the, uh, the uh, Anakin Skywalker of uh, Mizzou football, was probably a. Uh, Probably a bad decision on everyone's part. I mean, he was just on television with the Elite 11, and uh, he was a hometown kid, but he's got terrific arm talent. Nobody's going to, he can, he can throw it through a car wash and it won't get wet. But the motherfucker, until that Florida game, had never shown up in a big game. And against Vanderbilt, sort of was just okay. And uh, Tennessee sucks, but like you said, we got to go to that giant fucking Sherbert bowl in Knoxville, and uh, 100,000 fans, you know, I don't know if that's going to amp him up or he's just going to, like I said, pee-pee himself. Caleb, thoughts? Have some this
1: time around. Can we talk about the lady that thinks Mizzou should be kicked out of the SEC because we don't talk enough shit?
2: On Tennessee? Yeah,
1: on Tennessee. Not that we beat them four times out of six. It's that Mizzou fans suck. If we don't talk enough shit. We should leave the SEC.
2: Well, I don't disagree with that uh, SEC, or that the Tennessee should leave the SEC. That was her point overall, correct? I, I, don't, know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the Tennessee's the worst, and <laughs> we hate Tennessee so bad every year, and that's why uh, Mike Steele, the house band of the Mizzou Mazzot cast created the uh, "My Vols song to celebrate how shitty Tennessee is. It is the worst team in the SEC, as far as I'm concerned. The worst fan base for sure. The worst fan base for sure.
3: Gonna watch his boys play ball today. Over 17, 18 bears. Got an ashtray full of GPCs, got stained up fingertips. But fellas like old Jimmy here is the best they got to give. It's a great butt hug of Dixieland. Same damn song by the same old band. Half-with checkered overall. Tennessee can lick my ball. Well, the boys just got the brains kicked in that gum, that forward pass. So we found some kid on a message board gonna threaten to whoop his kid ass. But it's all downhill for old Jimmy here, that short-term memory loss. By Monday, he's the most trouble-free, fella that you brought. It's a great butt plug of Dixieland Same damn song by the same old band but can't swig in melon balls Tennessee can lick my balls There's a tooth in his head for every win they're gonna get on Saturday There's a whisker on his chin for every four-star kid that they're gonna have to pay It's a great butt plug of Dixieland. Same damn song by the same old band. Burned out muffler mating calls. Tennessee can lick my balls. The city of Knoxville. Lick my balls. Dollar tablecloth looking in zone. Lick my balls. Smokey the blue tick hound. Lick my balls. Tennessee can lick.
2: On the line with us now, the Tennessee football beat reporter for the Knoxville News Sentinel, Blake Topmeyer. Blake, thanks for joining us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on again.
2: Uh, you've had quite an interesting run at your time at Tennessee. You've had a coaching change, and now you've got a really kind of interesting season, I guess an unexpected season, ups and downs, with Jeremy Pruitt. I almost said Scott Pruitt. That's a very different guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, there uh, for a while, uh, when I'd pull up my Twitter, I'd see something about a Pruitt Mm -hmm. It seemed like major news would be happening, and I like scrambled to my laptop and be like, "Oh no, that's the wrong fruit." (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, that's probably made more news maybe than the Tennessee football coach even. Tennessee's sitting five and five, two and four in the conference, similar to the uh, Tigers' record in a way. But uh, Tennessee's gotten there an interesting route. They beat Auburn. They've had some tough. Losses, surprising losses, I guess. Maybe not surprising. I don't know. What is the temperature there in in Knoxville? What what do fans think about this team and uh, and Jeremy Pruitt in general in this first year?
0: Well, I think the fan base is fairly excited, and I think one of the reasons is Pruitt's sort of like uh, a 180 from Butch Jones. You know, Butch Jones was kind of that guy with a cliche and a a catchy saying for everything, sort of almost that used car salesman. Approach and to be fair to Butch, you know, he did have the back to back nine win seasons and I think there was a time where this fan base was kind of eaten out of the palm of his hand. That wasn't toward the end of his tenure. By the end of his tenure, I think everybody was ready for him to go. And then you bring in Jeremy Pruitt who he's not one of those people that's going to rattle off team mottoes or cliches. He's kind of presents this all football, doesn't care about anything else approach. He's got the southern accent the whole bit. and you know the the fan base really, I think has embraced that. And then you throw in you know a pair of top twenty five wins this season and and I think they've really, rallied behind him. And, and I also think, for once, that the expectations for Tennessee were much more realistic this year. And so I think for most folks, you know, if Pruitt can get this team to a bowl game, I think most people uh, that are Tennessee fans would would call that a success in year one.
2: Well, I think so. I mean, I, you mentioned the two nine-win seasons. Those were coming off of years where I think Tennessee was looked at to be one of the top contenders for winning the Eastern Division. And even though they got the nine wins, they weren't in contention for that. They, they you know, successful seasons, no question, but not living up to those expectations. It's got to be nice for Pruitt to not have that kind of buildup coming into a a season and the other thing about Pruitt compared to Jones I think both are looked at as really good recruiters and the time when Jones was there all we heard about was the kind of recruits that Tennessee was coming in with and what was going to happen with them and then you know now we're looking at Tennessee post Butch Jones and what's the deal with those recruits you know I mean Pruitt hasn't had had enough time to make hay with the recruiting yet but this is a very average team with supposedly some of the best recruits in the country.
0: Yeah and and I think Pruitt is benefiting from some of those leftover players from from the Jones era. I mean, you look at Jarrett Garantano; he he's taken a nice step here from his freshman to, to sophomore season. Ty Chandler, you know, was one of the best running backs in the country when, when Jones landed him. And when Chandler's been healthy, he, he's been out or limited a couple games. But when he's been healthy, he's proved to be uh, a playmaker. And then, but there's some other guys that were highly touted guys that that haven't developed and and didn't develop under Jones and and maybe haven't made a lot of headway uh under Pruitt. You know, you think about that offensive line, it's been pretty shaky for Tennessee. Played really well against Kentucky last week, probably its best game of the season, but overall it's been shaky. And then on the defensive side, you know, there there were some guys with some pretty lofty recruiting rankings on that side of the ball that have just kind of had Okay, careers at Tennessee. Now, I would say some of those guys have made some progress under Pruitt. Whether that can really be tied to the coaching change or whether that's just guys, you know, developing given another year's time, I think it's, it's hard to say. But certainly, uh, you know, one of the things that probably cost Butch Jones his job was the fact that he did have recruiting classes that were always very highly ranked. But then I think that the reputation with him was he often Didn't develop those players to to fully live up to their rankings. Some guys did, but but too often times more guys than not didn't.
2: Well, you know, Missouri caught Tennessee. Couldn't have caught them at a better time. They were in a, a free fall. We were one of the last teams before Butch Jones was fired. I remember being at that game thinking, "Well, this could be the last time we see the Butch Jones era at Tennessee." And of course, it was. And now Tennessee's in a much different position in that they just beat. Uh, Kentucky, as you mentioned, a top 15 team. They did it in a way that uh, Missouri had hoped to do it a couple weeks prior when they blew a lead on the last well, zero time remaining. Uh, but, uh, you know, have to think spirits are up at Tennessee. Missouri's going on the road to Knoxville this time. Yet Missouri is a six-point favorite. That seems – well, you know, Missouri was a 17-point favorite against Vanderbilt. That seemed high. Going on the road to Tennessee who after a big win – Six points favorite for Missouri. That seemed high to me, too. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, it does feel a little bit high. I, I uh, I would have thought six points would have seemed fair before last week's games. You know, Missouri was coming off of uh, that big win over Florida. Uh, Tennessee uh, had just delivered a kind of a lackluster performance against Charlotte. So before last week's games, I, I think that would have been a, a, a really spot on line. But then last week, I, I thought Programs kind of move closer to each other, you know, Missouri kind of muddled its way through that, that win over Vanderbilt really for, as you know, a large, large part of that game looked like they were going to lose. Right. And then Tennessee delivered, you know, maybe its best performance of the season in, in beating Kentucky. So I, yeah, I was a little bit surprised to see that. And, you know, you talk about a, a Kentucky win for Tennessee and I, I really do think that was kind of the formula for beating Kentucky. Tennessee was up 10 nothing. They had a couple key first half stops and then they score on that Hail Mary right before halftime. At that point, it's 17 it's and, nothing, and the game's over. I mean, Kentucky's just not built uh, with the way they play and, and so much running behind Snell. They don't really hurry up. Uh, they're, they're not built to, to overcome 17-point deficits. And, and so it was really kind of a textbook way. You know, you jump out early on, on Kentucky, you, you make a couple key first half stops and contain Snell and get that lead. And t- this week, it's 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 going to be a totally different game you know even if they get ahead of missouri missouri is a team that can come back from deficits they're a team that can score in bunches and and their team that um, you know, has a much better quarterback, obviously, than, than Kentucky.
2: Tennessee fans never think that Missouri will win, especially in Knoxville. I mean, I, 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 I get the impression that Tennessee fans have no memory of Missouri ever beating Tennessee, even though it's happened a number of times. What are the expectations coming into this game? Do you think fans are, well, obviously the coaching staff always says every game's a hard game, but do you think anybody's looking at this Missouri game as an easy win?
0: I don't know about an easy win, but yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you that the most Tennessee fans probably see this as a, as a winnable game. And, and I would agree with you that, you know, most, most Tennessee fans think that uh, this program is ahead of Missouri when you look at the last 10 years, and it hasn't been. You know, and that's sort of the situation Tennessee's program finds itself in now. I kind of wrote about this going into the uh, Kentucky game last week. There was a 16-year span where Tennessee was in its glory days. And during that span, Tennessee was 44-1 against South Carolina, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. I mean, that's just remarkable. Mm -hmm. You'd be 44-1 against three conference opponents. Of course, at that time, Missouri wasn't in the conference. You look at the last 10 years, and Tennessee barely has a winning record against those three programs, plus now you throw in Missouri. And, And I think if you ask Tennessee where it was, in the SEC, I think it would still, those in and around the program would still say, you know, oh, well, Tennessee's right up there at, at the top of the East. The reality is Tennessee is hanging out the last 10 years with South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Missouri. And Missouri, of course, has a, a, a couple East Division titles. So they, they've sort of had the higher peaks since they've joined the conference. And so that's Tennessee's reality right now. I still think there is the potential for this program. I don't know if I would say get back totally to the glory days, but you know, I mean, I think Tennessee can function at a much higher level uh, than what it has the past couple years. Um, but, For the most part, the last decade, it hasn't.
2: Yeah, no, I I think you're right. I mean, Tennessee has every reason to have a high ceiling. You know, the the facilities, the fan base, the recruiting base. You know, they the and the history, they have the potential to to come up. And it looks like Pruitt has definitely got them in the right direction, considering where they were post Butch Jones firing. I mean, the botched coaching search. There was a point it looked like. Tennessee had just mired itself in mediocrity for a long time and it, and here we are less than a full season away and they're talking about bowl games I mean this has to be I mean Pruitt has to be looked at very favorably I would think around in and around Knoxville
0: no question and and it's just interesting you know looking back on that coaching search the guys Tennessee almost hired um you know it started out and they were in deep talks with Dan Mullen and, and you wonder if if Florida hires Chip Kelly, does Dan Mullen end up at Tennessee? And then, of course, that doesn't happen. If that would have happened, John Curry would have been a hailed a hero. Philip Fulmer would not be the athletic director. Tennessee would still have what I, is a much different coach than Jeremy Pruitt, but I think a very good coach. And then when they didn't get Mullen, the plan B was, was Greg Schiano. Of course, we all know how that turned out, and, and it kind of got off the rails from there. But then Curry almost saved the entire thing by nearing a deal with Mike Leach, now I'm not exactly sure how Leach would have fared here. I I think it could have been a weird marriage mm-hmm. but it would have been an interesting ride and and hiring a successful coach. And then the the rug got pulled out from Curry before he could complete that deal and so then you're like, boy, where is this going? You know, can can they hire anyone with any sort of pedigree? But then Fulmer to his credit stepped in and got a guy who in all reality was probably a year or two or maybe a job away from Tennessee. But sometimes that can work. You know, sometimes you you get yourself in a situation where you get a guy before maybe he was going to take this job, but eventually he was going to take a job like this, and you just get him a couple years earlier. And I think for that stage of the game where that coaching search had gone totally off the rails at that point, it was probably as good of a hire as, as Tennessee could have made. And I think Jeremy Pruitt's done as good as could be expected up to this juncture. Talking
2: about this game before I let you go, how do you expect it to go, uh, Missouri versus Tennessee? Do you have a projection?
0: Well, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I, I think if if Tennessee can score 24 points against Kentucky, I think it can score even more than that against Missouri because I think Kentucky's got a better defense than Missouri does. That being said, I still think that Missouri's offense can be elite. I mean, we've just seen that maybe not as consistently as I thought we would from Missouri this year. You know, I think back to the season opener, Will Greer just shredded Tennessee's defense. I think Tennessee's a lot better than it was in the opener. But this is the best quarterback they've seen since Will Greer. And I just kind of wonder if Drew Locke is going to have a lot of success in the way that Greer did. So I'll expect a high-scoring game. I'll take Missouri in a close one, uh, 35-31 Tigers.
2: So the over is a safer bet than the outcome, you think, maybe, huh?
0: I think so. I, I would stay away. What is the over/under? Right I
2: now? Ha- haven't looked at it. i to. I know that Missouri's a six-point favorite, but uh, you know, yeah. I had it pulled up here.
0: I, I think I'd stay away from that. If I was a betting man, I'd stay away from that six-point line. Some of those lines you see, and you're like, okay, I feel really good about one way or the other. And uh, of course, sometimes then you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> you know, if I was laying down some money on this one, I, I wouldn't really feel good about the cover e- either way. So, yeah. um you yeah, know what that over/under is. I, I I think that might make me feel a little bit better cuz i i do think there's going to be a lot of points scored.
2: Yeah, i'm seeing 56 as the uh, as the over underline.. under line. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. I think, I think both of so, yeah, those teams a's can put up 30. Here. So, yeah, i think that's probably safe. <laughs> well, Blake, how long have you been covering Tennessee now?
0: Um, about 15 months. I, I started uh just before last season, Is, last season's opener.
2: Okay. Is there one thing you could say different, the biggest difference i guess between covering a uh, Missouri Tigers team in Columbia and the Tennessee team in Knoxville?
0: Oh boy. Um I I'll give you two things. One in the press core. One one thing that people said to me when I started covering Tennessee was like, Aren't you amazed by like how many people cover Tennessee? And I said like, Well no, because the same number of people cover Missouri, basically. It's just that ninety percent of the press covering Missouri are twenty year olds. Right. <laughs> um <laughs> and so at Tennessee, like the, the number of reporters covering the team is the same. It's just they're 45, and they, the average age on, on the Tennessee beat is probably like 45, and in Missouri it's 21 um, <laughs> because of because of the J school and and so many students. I guess number two, the difference just from the the fan level is you just sort of crank the passion and and maybe even kind of the craziness up a couple of notches. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's not to say there aren't passionate Missouri fans. There certainly are. There's certainly crazy Missouri fans, but you just you, you throw so many more in on it and, and it's like you know even in columbia you know some folks in columbia you know they might be missouri fans but maybe missouri's not their number one team you know maybe they're they're huge cardinal fans or royal fans or chiefs fans or whatever and, and then you got the folks that missouri ranks number one form on, on their fan hierarchy i think in east tennessee it's not just knoxville like the whole eastern half of the state everyone's like tennessee football number one and then maybe they care about the Titans or maybe the Braves or or what have you. But there there just isn't that other thing competing with Tennessee football. And and so if you're a sports fan in the eastern half of the state, you're probably pretty, pretty nuts about Tennessee football.
2: No, that makes, that makes sense. And I think, um, you know, Missouri fans have, they've come to uh, terms with the passion level that they are compared to some, <laughs> some of the other places in the SEC. And, you know, from a well-rounded human being standpoint, I think being a Missouri person is not that bad a deal. I mean, being an insane football fan 12 months out of the year. There's probably mental issues that we could go down in an entirely different podcast about. But, uh, but yeah, I can see that being the case where, where Tennessee is absolutely, you live it and breathe it in that part of the country.
0: Yeah, in fairness to Missouri fans, it, it may be a much more healthy relationship uh, <laughs> that they have with, with, with their team. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, Blake, thanks for joining us and telling us a little bit about the uh, Volunteers. It will be definitely an interesting matchup and should be a close one and, a, and a, hopefully a good game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on and uh, good to talk to you,
2: Brennan. <laughs>
4: i seen rocky mountains and great lakes i stood beneath a redwood tree But wherever I go my heart aches For a place called Tennessee Oh Where the whiskey flows like wine And the meth labs are divine Oh, I wanna be Where the sweet tobacco grows And it's picked by poor Negroes in Tennessee Well, it's a place where dueling banjos play And the mountain folk run free Where all the children can spell KKK But cannot spell Tennessee With me, where every cheek is filled with you, and no one's ever seen a Jew. Oh, I wanna be where the hot dogs are deep fried. That's the reason Elvis died in Tennessee. Teacher shout that if you came not escape get out. Oh, I wanna be where hospitality's the thing. Just ask Martin Luther King, shot in Tennessee. Place of a wreath, queen of soul, a BB King and Al Gore. Well, I'm not saying it's a shit hole, but they don't live there anymore. in every cup And all the dentists just gave up Oh, come with me In my flatbed pickup truck It's where the classy ladies fuck in Tennessee
2: Anyway, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that we're in a bar. Yeah, I and uh, can tell. we're having a we're having a live podcast. Thank you, everybody, for coming. Make noise so people who are listening to this can tell there's actually people. Yeah, thank you. We piped that in from the internet. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, we're going to do a couple things tonight. We don't usually have Kansas news on a midweek show. We just talk about football crap. But we thought since we're having a live show in Columbia, we ought to have some Kansas news. And we're, we're also going to have a little game, a uh, listener participation game. We're going to play a round of Tennessee Fact or Fiction. How this works is uh, Tennessee is a terrible state, as we discussed earlier, and they have a lot of crazy laws. So we're going to read some possible laws off to you. You have to decide whether this is an, indeed a Tennessee fact or whether we made it up. We're going to have a couple of listeners participate. The winner will get, Colin, will you be Vanna White for me? The winner will get this. That's not the winners. You're the worst man ever for multiple reasons. The winner will receive this miniature Mizzou helmet signed by the cast Brendan, right it's worth absolutely nothing. It has zero dollar value. It, it's worth three bitcoins. <laughs> and the loser, the loser will get this jar, this bottle of hot dog water, hot dog water with an actual hot dog. <laughs> so uh, that's coming up, and then of course. As we always do in the Made a week Show, Caleb is going to have his uh, gambling picks for you. For Caleb the Greek's Pick of the Week. Alright, so uh, do, we wanna, do we want to uh, play one of our games? Do we want to start with a game, everybody? Yeah! yeah. Alright, let's do this. This is Tennessee Factor Fiction. Do we have any volunteers from the audience who would like to uh, take part? The first hand went up over here. We got our, all right, we got our two uh, participants. Caleb, why don't you ban white this time since uh, Colin's terrible at it? That's a, sh- a shirt. And get the uh, prizes. Okay. Right. Who's our first contestant? Uh, Christian Hake. Christian Hake. Thank you for joining us. And? Ben Ritter. Ben Ritter. Okay. We explained how it works, so I hope I don't have to do it again, or else you're both going to get hot dog water. The, uh, the first question is, and... What's your name again? Christian. Christian. Christian and Ben. All right. So Christian, the first clue or the first possible law is in Tennessee, you may not have more than five inoperable vehicles on a piece of property. Is this indeed a fact or is it fiction? I'm going to balls and They can't drive False, <laughs> he says, because they can't drive in Tennessee. <laughs> so the answer is. It is indeed a fact in Tennessee. You can't have more than five inoperable vehicles. You don't have to drive to have inoperable vehicles. That's where you made your great mistake. <laughs> All right, Ben, it's now your turn. The question is: In Tennessee, males may not be are not allowed to be sexually aroused in public. Is this fact or fiction in Tennessee? Fiction, because none of the girls there can be aroused. <laughs> Okay, says fiction. And he is also incorrect. This is actually a Tennessee fact. It's difficult to see if a Tennessee man is aroused, obviously, because of the penis size. All right, Christian, it's up to you to redeem yourself. Your next possible fact is citizens in Tennessee may not use words in a sentence containing more than three syllables in the presence of children. Fact or fiction? This is fiction. That is correct. It is indeed fiction. we got a point on the board. (laughs) All right, Ben, trying to cheat here. I know it. All right, your question is, in Tennessee, is it illegal for a woman to shave her legs in a public fountain? True, True. Ben says fact, and he's incorrect. It is, in fact, fiction. And your fatal error is that women in Tennessee do not shave their legs. No. Okay. Question number five, Christian, yeah. in Tennessee, more than eight women are not allowed to live in the same house house so as not to be considered a brothel. <laughs> Fact or fiction? I am going to Tennessee this weekend, and I think that's true. I checked. You are correct. Two points for Christian. That's why you see so many seven-woman brothels in Tennessee. (laughs) All right, Ben, time to redeem yourself. Fact or fiction here? In Tennessee, the school health nutrition standards categorize ketchup as a vegetable. Fact or fiction? Considering that's the only vegetable Tennessee gets, that's fact. Ben, your answer is incorrect. It is, in fact, fiction. It's a commanding two to nothing lead for Christian. Discounts the fact that they use zucchinis for love making. That's right, zucchinis for love making is part of their uh, diet. <laughs> all right, Christian, to break out to a nearly impossible league to beat in Tennessee, all skim milk is mandated to contain at least 10% chocolate by volume. Fact or fiction? That's
4: definitely fiction.
2: I'm afraid Ben, he is correct. That is fiction. All right. Well, I don't think you can win here, but you can have a little pride, which to this point, I have not seen any. Ben, in Tennessee, you can't shoot any game other than whales from a moving automobile in the state of Tennessee. Is this a law? Fact or fiction? Fact. (laughs) There's no oceans. Ben, I'm proud of you. That is indeed a fact. You're on the (laughs) board. What the fuck I know? All right. Thank you. Great job, Ben. All right, number nine, second to last question. Christian, just to show off here in Tennessee, females under the age of 65 and over the age of four may not expose pubic hair while wearing a swimsuit. Is this fact or fiction?
0: I'm going to say this <laughs> is a
2: fact. Let's hope that it is. Well, he had a hot streak for a while, but no, it is not true. This is, in fact, fiction. Yeah. Women in Tennessee don't wear bottoms.
4: <laughs>
2: so, that's where that's at. All right, Ben, your last shot here. Question number 10. Fact or fiction? In Tennessee, giving or receiving oral sex is prohibited by law. Fact or fiction? Fiction, they can't find the whole. Well, he says fiction. Again, his streak continues. No, it is indeed a fact. And here's where you went wrong, Ben. The reason they ban oral sex in Tennessee is because a lot of those goats have very sharp teeth. <laughs> many, many creatures haven't shaved down their molars. Okay, that is it. It looks like <coughs> Christian, you won four to one, but you both come away with great prizes. There's the autographed mini helmet for Mizzou for Christian, and the shaken up by Caleb bottle of hot dog water for Ben Ritter. But so we'll throw in a T-shirt for.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> we'll take care of you, Ben. Hot, Hot dog water. Yeah, there you go. Hot dog water. Thank you guys for participating. Wow. What an exciting Yeah, very. Yeah. I feel more educated about Tennessee now. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to play them. Yeah. You know I'm a licensed sex therapist in Tennessee. Is that right? That's right. My techniques guarantee male orgasm. <laughs> All right, well, uh, what's next? Is, shall, we, shall we do a little Kansas news? We can do Kansas news or we can do... We can do Kansas news or Caleb the Greek, whatever we want to do. Let's do Caleb the Greek. All right, let's oh. do some Caleb the Greek time. All right, we expect everyone here as a degenerate gambler like ourselves. And as thus depends on Caleb's picks each week to make money. So it's time once again for our Caleb the Greek's Pick of the Week.
3: You want to make your wallet fat. All the boys and girls alike, they want to get them some of that. It's a bearded lady pleaser, it's the best picks of the week. All you sons of bitches, get rich with the man. Caleb the Greek, Caleb the Greek. Caleb the Greek, Caleb the
1: Greek. Can you believe I'm going to bet on Syracuse this week? Uh, Caleb loves Syracuse. Great J school. Not the best, but a great J school. Mm. Number 13 in the country? Yeah, they moved themselves way up there. So this week they play Notre Dame, the fighting Catholics. Mm -hmm. Yes, Catholics versus Methodists. Give give, give it up for the Catholics in the room. So Syracuse is a a two-and-a-half-point dog. Take Syracuse to cover that ten and a half points there on that
2: one. You like the favorite? I like.
1: No, I like Syracuse to come and get this one from
2: them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's it. Sorry. This is, this Notre, is in
1: Yankee Stadium, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Notre Dame is the favorite. Sorry. Notre Dame ten and a half point favorite. I like Hughes. All right. Do you, want, do you think Syracuse will cover or win out? I think they'll just cover. I think Notre Dame wins by like three. Okay. So. All
2: right.
1: All right. Next up, we're going to go Big Twelve because I like those two. West Virginia playing Oklahoma State. And Mike Gundy in his stupid fucking hair.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, West Virginia five-point favorite. to win the game by 14.
2: Mike Gundy's going to own the libs. Oh, he is. <laughs> He's
1: going to make fart noises. He's going to do all the great stuff out there.
2: <laughs>
1: Mike Gundy is a total I want to see
2: a Mike Gundy versus Mike Leach bowl game.
1: I don't know if Mike Leach fights, but he
2: has the best picture in the world in his office. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's Mike Leach's head on George Costanza's body <laughs> laying on a couch. So... Alright, Big Ten time Ohio State 14 point favorite over Maryland Ohio State is still in the conversation For the college football playoff I think they go out and win big And they'll cover the 14 points <laughs> Last one of the week We're going to go Mike Leach
2: All first. right.
1: Mike Leach and Washington State Play Arizona Washington State 9.5 point favorite Also another one lost team I think they win by 17 over Arizona Wow. So we'll go back through Take Washington State, take Syracuse,
2: Ohio State, and West Virginia. All right, Caleb the Green. Uh, Washington State—they're uh, out of nowhere, kind of this year. Good team. Yeah. So, uh, I, as always, I hope Pac-12 teams never make the College Football Playoff. No, they don't do very well. What I really want is the Big 12 and the Pac-12 to not make the College Football Playoff. Yeah, that's Fuck like the Big 12. Yeah, fuck them guys, right? They're stupid assholes. All right, this is what everyone really wants. It's time for Kansas news.
4: I heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, and sons of bitches. This is Kansas News.
2: Okay, fellas. First story of the day. Is everybody ready for Kansas News? Okay. Kansas man steals car from jail parking lot immediately after being released. (laughs) A man stole a car from Shawnee County Jail parking lot in Topeka, Kansas on Sunday Moments after being released A citizen realized their car had vanished from the jail's parking lot at 4 p.m. that day Said Aaron Jones at Topeka Police Department All it took was taking a look at the security camera footage to confirm that Kevin Jones was the primary suspect In his defense, who knew they had cameras in Kansas? (laughs) (laughs) Or that they were hooked up to anything Jones was released from the county jail around 9 a.m. that same day. When the Topeka Police Department responded to a report of a man attempting to break into a vehicle on Sunday, officers quickly recognized the man as Kevin Jones. The car owner and helpful neighbors kept him on the scene until police arrived, at which point Jones was arrested in connection with the theft of a motor vehicle and criminal damage to property. Oddly enough, Jones isn't the first person to steal a car from the jail parking lot minutes after being released from the same Kansas facility. Last year, an 18-year-old scaled a wall to get into the jail's employee parking lot and break into numerous vehicles. He too was sent back to jail. As for the car stolen from Shawnee County Jail, the vehicle was found. With excrement and semen everywhere, while it's unclear whether the car was damaged or any other crimes were committed. The two vehicles are in the rightful hands of their owners, and Jones stands trial. I think the uh, the part that begs questioning here is, you mentioned it was full of semen and fecal matter. Sure. That could be any number of Kansas vehicles. Yeah. I mean, I, you don't know that the guy didn't who stole the car... I, I didn't, didn't steal, say it was put in there by the guy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, please clarify, because there's a copious amounts of jizz all over most Kansas vehicles. <laughs> well, after... After the arrest, Jones told reporters, Thank God I'm safe back in prison. I had no idea what a nightmare it would be to be a free man forced to roam around Kansas. (laughs) I prefer a jail cell. Far cleaner on the outside than in this state. Cleaner, safer, and far less anal raping. (laughs) Because
1: the camera's...
2: All right. Next story. Kansas man sentenced for his role in pizza parlor meth ring. Was he a replacement? Yeah. A Kansas man was sentenced Monday to seven years in federal prison for his role in a methamphetamine trafficking organization that operated out of a pizza parlor. According to U.S. Attorney Stephen McAllister, Tom Beale's replacement. Yeah. The best pizza ever. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Price of Topeka pleaded guilty to one count of conspiracy to possess an intent to distribute meth. In his plea, he admitted as part of the drug trafficking ring headed by the co defendant. Alfondo Rodriguez, who ran the operation from a Pronto Pizza restaurant owned in Topeka. In his plea, Price admitted he bought the meth from the co-defendant and then sold it. He also assisted with distributing. Price said that theirs was the only distribution ring in the region that offered delivery in 30 minutes or less, or your meth is free. (laughs) Both men are now in jail. Word has gotten around about the pizza's side hustle, and Pronto Pizza has quickly become the most popular pizza place in all of Topeka. (laughs) Sounds delicious. <laughs> well, it's you know it's it's a well-known fact that you don't need teeth to eat pizza, so it, it just works out for everybody. Yes, <laughs> put it in the Vitamix. Kansas man accused of stealing cake and vacuum from Dairy Queen. <laughs> Law enforcement authorities. What a are combination. <laughs> Law enforcement authorities are investigating a burglary and have a suspect in custody. Just after 5 p.m. Thursday, police investigators were called to a burglary at the Dairy Queen of Topeka. Stolen items included an ice cream cake and a vacuum. (laughs) They arrested the 33-year-old Dustin Kane on suspicion of charges related to the burglary at Dairy Queen. The vacuum was recovered and returned to Dairy Queen. The cake, however, was two-thirds consumed and one-third smeared across his genitals. (laughs) Dairy Queen management have requested damages related to replacing a damaged vacuum filter contaminated with what police referred to as a horrific cocktail of hair, ice cream, and semen. (laughs) Despite the incident, Dairy Queen management did punch Kane's frequent shopper card and he's now one punch away from a free Oreo blizzard. (laughs) Alright, final Kansas story of the day. Kansas woman says someone offered to trade dog for her baby. (laughs) A Johnson County, Kansas woman thought a stranger in a Target store was joking when she offered to trade a dog for her baby. You know they're moving up in the world because they usually, this usually happens at Walmarts in Kansas. What did this happen? Target. I didn't know they had targets in Kansas upscale. Moving on up, as George George Jefferson would say. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's close to the Missouri border, so maybe it's their one target. When a stranger started walking off with a woman's infant daughter, she realized the woman wasn't joking. Uh, Apparently the woman let her hold her baby Yeah, sure, why wouldn't you? The crazy woman who wanted to trade it for a dog She thought, yeah, I'll let her hold my baby <laughs> Yeah, you know what, I've got lots of kids in And uh, anytime a uh, meth-addled Kansan wants to trade my child for a puppy I go right for that As many children as you have, Colin I don't think you could, you, you could stand to lose one or two <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rachel Youngs was shopping in the baby section When a woman with a daughter walked up to her and complimented her baby She then offered up a trade Young said she thought the woman was joking and then let the stranger hold her baby, but immediately regretted it. (laughs) Yeah, she's a bright one. Young said the woman offered to be the baby's godmother and started asking intrusive questions. She said, just so you know, I was arrested for attempted kidnapping. This is when the woman started to get suspicious. This point! (laughs) So... All of a sudden, she starts walking off with my daughter. I yelled at her, I need my baby back, please. She's polite. Baby back. Uh, Give me my baby back. The mother, baby back. Baby back, baby back, baby back, baby yeah. back. The mother called police, but police said since she let the woman hold her baby, it was not technically kidnapping in Kansas. <laughs> police say they will monitor the woman who tried to walk off with the baby, because she's clearly nuts. Young says she, th- she will think twice before letting a stranger hold her baby from now on, and Child Protective Services says they'll think twice before letting her have her baby back. Because, as Child Protective Services said, I mean, come on, fuck, lady. But this has been Kansas News. Well, that's just wonderful. Well, uh, gosh, time flies when you're having fun. Colin doesn't know what to say. I don't know what to say. This is a very odd Kansas news. Maybe we could turn it back to football fellas. Sure. So... Realistically, how do you think this is gonna end for the Tigers? They have two regular season games and then a very lowly, non important bowl game. They're standing six and four. A lot of people, Mizzou fans, think we're gonna win out. Nine and four will be our final record. I think that's very optimistic. Well, I mean, truthfully, it should be our record. I mean, we're playing Tennessee, who is a god awful football team. We're playing Arkansas, who is a god awful football team, and I think this is ultimately where people get Rubbed the wrong way with Barry Odom, and like he loses eminently winnable football games, and these are both eminently winnable football games. And uh, but truthfully, after the Florida win, if he shits the bed against either one of these teams, I think he's still got a job next next year. And I don't know that he shouldn't have a job next year, but uh, not beyond that. I, I saw uh, that our favorite blogger, uh, Gabe Diarmid, had has written an article basically endorsing giving Barry Odom an extension. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like I'm, I'm in the camp of Let's give him a one year Lame duck contract You know like You got one more year Barry To uh, get your shit together And uh, you better not You know just Shit down both legs In the first three games Of the season As has become your norm Or at least three conference games And if you do Then it's over You know but To, to give him a three year contract After this season Seems I don't know I wouldn't do it I think if he doesn't do better Than last year And win seven games I don't want him back and that means they have to win two of the next three games. And it is possible, but it's not a guarantee. So, I mean, honestly, if we win seven games the second year in a row with the talent we have on this roster, I don't want him back. I'd be happy to see somebody else. I, I think we ought to take an informal poll. How many people here, raise, by raising your hands, what Barry Odom do you need coach next year? Raise your hands. I see one, two, three, four. Five. It's growing on people. All right, how many people would like Barry Odom to not be the coach next year? Far more hands, far more hands, yeah. Okay, how about this? If Barry Odom wins out and we win nine games, do you want Barry Odom back then? Who wants Barry Odom back? Hands raised. Yeah, more hands, yeah. Well, time will tell, time will tell. I
1: think he comes back regardless of what happens. I think if he loses three games in a row, Barry comes back, if he wins three games, they're not going to fire him, they're going to let him go. It's all about the extension. What I want to happen? Fuck, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it, it, it's really based on if he wins three games in a row, probably. You know, if he does that, he's got potential to come. The bad part is, is you're going to have no Drew Locke next year. So it will really show what kind of coach he is.
2: Well, I think, you know, I think that's what people are getting aggravated about. This guy wants to say something. You can come up here and say something if you want. Get up here on the mic, brother. Come tell yeah. us what you think about Barry Odom. It's a free for all. If Kelly Bryant
4: comes here, do we fire
2: Barry Odom? No. If Kelly Bryant comes here, do we fire Barry Odom? Um, no. No. No, I mean, if Kate brings Kelly Bryant, listen, I'm in, I'm in the favor of, of Odom getting a fourth year if he, you know, at least if he wins out. And, and the truth is, is that as much as us as fans want to see Barry Odom, you know, fired because we're frustrated with the results, is Barry Odom's not getting fired. This is Missouri. He's, he's going to win at least eight games. He's going to go to a bowl game for two years straight. And as much as that may frustrate us as fans, that's the truth. I mean, he's going to get another year. Sterk's going to give him another year. And if he gets that kid... To play quarterback for this team, then then I'm I'm much more comfortable with him and getting another year. And if he shits the bed in, in the early season of the SEC play and makes sure that we have no chance at winning the SEC East next year, I don't give a fuck if he wins, you know, a gold medal in fucking synchronized swimming next year. I don't want him to have the fucking job anymore. But the truth is is that this 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 time around he's he's gonna keep the job. I have a more important question. Who here wants to see Ben take a slug of that hot dog water? <laughs> It's a unanimous vote. Yeah, babe. yeah. Here he's gonna that's do amazing. it. amazing. Live. That's amazing. <laughs> and he's doing it, everybody. Uh, yeah. Give him a big round of applause. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. That is disgusting. Yeah. I hope it's every bit as good as we think it is. <laughs> the
1: new flavored vodka. The new flavored vodka. It's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Infused vodka.
2: Uh, Barry Odom's gonna be our coach. We're playing Tennessee. They're terrible. We should honestly. I think. Dicks. I think yeah, I mean I'm picking Zoo. I think ultimately what is important to pick here is like how are we gonna win? What are we gonna win by? One? In my opinion, we should win by a touchdown. If we don't win by a touchdown, it's a disappointment. And I mean and even though and even though T J Moe would tell you a win's a win no matter what the fuck happens, I'm telling you we need to win by seven points or it's a disappointment. That's my opinion. Caleb, how much do we need to win by? One?
1: Or will we win? I think we'll win. My prediction was gonna be like thirty seven to twenty eight. It'll be like a missed. Extra point or something in there to fuck it all up to make it interesting, I guess. 37
2: 28 Mizzou. I've been saying all week, I think the six point spread seems really high. That being said, I think I wouldn't be surprised if we blew Tennessee out, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was exactly like this Vanderbilt game. I, I, I don't know what to expect of this team because the same team that slaughtered the Florida Gators in the swamp. Almost got beat by Vanderbilt at home the following week, so I don't know what this team will do. Well, I think we've all three of us have tried to decided to to be reasonable and think that Barry Odom probably will get that fourth year. But if he loses to Tennessee, if he loses to Arkansas, does that change your mind? It doesn't change as far as him getting the fourth season. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it. If he loses to both of them, yeah, it uh, changes my mind. If he loses to one or the other, not so much. I think if he if he wins two of the next three, we finish with eight wins. That's better than last year. It's better than the year before. We're sl- we're showing a progression in the right direction. The problem I've always had is the talent we have has not been utilized. You know, we it's what ultimately we're going to see what the, the final record is, but. Every Mizzou fan's thinking about what the record should have been if we didn't let South Carolina come back, if we didn't let Kentucky come back, if we didn't make so many mistakes against Georgia. We're looking at a top 25, top 15 team as far as talent is concerned, and we've seen some horrific bottom 25 coaching. So, you know, we're going to have eight wins. There's no reason to fire a guy who does that at Missouri, but... It's still Barry's gonna have a long way to prove. When it comes to like bad losses, you gotta win five great games to get me off of the bad loss. You can't just win against Florida. I wanna see more than just one win. What does it take to lose for Barry Odom to lose his job? Two losses, one loss?
1: I would actually rather see Derek Dooley go than see Barry Odom go. Yeah. Because I think a good offensive coordinator can make up for a lot of it. So you know. But you know if he loses three You've got to think about it. But I'd rather see
2: Dooley go down the road. Well, I, my, my problem with that is that the offense hasn't necessarily been the problem. You know, we've had three straight years of a shit defense for our, for, with our defensive-minded coach. So, anyway, I, I'm saying we win by a touchdown. I think that's pretty much the consensus um, for the Tennessee games. Yeah, I think it might be closer than that three-point win. But I think Missouri can win this game. I think they're in a position where they should win this game. But ultimately, I think Barry's going to be our coach. And uh, we're just going to have to deal with the bumps and bruises and warts that come with Barry Odom. I don't think he's stupid. You know what I mean? I think that he will get better as a head coach. It's just how much shit can we endure before he gets good? All right, fellas. We've talked about as much football as we can. One thing we should mention, people who are at the show, if you listen on the podcast, we're going to plug in. We talked to Blake Topmeyer from the uh, Knoxville News Sentinel who actually covers Tennessee and knows things unlike us. So uh, do tune in to the uh, actual podcast when we get that thing up. Hear what Blake has to say. Yep. All right, guys. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go Tigers. Hey, thanks for coming out, guys. We'll do it again. And we'll actually have mics at work. It'll be a shit show next time, as much. All right, we still have some giveaway stuff, so if anybody wants to...